to The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf. I'm your host and co-founder of New Club Golf Society, Matt Considine. Our guest today is the social entrepreneur and founder of Hype Media, Mr. Roger Steele. After working as an engineer for five years out of school, Roger founded Hype Media in 2019, his creative content agency that would soon become an answer to the lack of minority representation on the game's biggest stage with his brand, Hype Golf. Since then, he has been assembling the game's minority elite, partnering with organizations like the Advocates Professional Golf Tour and working with players like Willie Mack, Kamayu Johnson, Kevin Hall, and Joey Hooks. In addition, Roger is a social media must follow. I'm not kidding. Golf Digest awarded Roger the 2020 Why Haven't I Been Following This Guy Yet Award. I have a lot of fun on this one. Roger is sincerely hilarious from calling out some of the absurdities in our game, including Ironhead covers, to our cultural obsessions with social media influencers. Roger is a real one who has no problem calling out his friends and his followers on their trash golf games, which raises an important question. Who wants a trash golf game? Certainly not me, definitely not Roger, and I'm guessing you don't want a trash golf game either. That's why the golf gods gave us Golf Blueprint. We're all looking to improve, and the path to improvement is unique to each of us. We all have a different resources, goals, available time, personalities, and mindsets. That's why fellow new club members Nico Doris and Kevin Moore draw on their analytics, education, performance, and psychology expertise to build data and research-driven improvement plans tailored to your game. If you are a member of New Club, you can sign up directly in the app for your Golf Blueprint exclusive package in which you will receive six Golf Blueprint practice plans delivered monthly at a 25% discount compared to the standard membership. If you are not a member of New Club, check these guys out by heading over to golfblueprint.com. Golf Blueprint is the official partner of our spring meeting at Sweetens Cove, which is happening in two weeks. The GB boys will be there with special contests and prizes for our members, and I hope you are too. Now, without further ado, on to the show with Roger Steele of Hype Media. Roger Steele, welcome to What's the up, backdrop. Man? You know, for What's a little, up, I, I, this is an exciting day for me, man. I am so pumped to have you on the show. Uh, I was getting a little nervous, though. I thought I was getting LA big timed. Bro, I could never. I could never. <laughs> That's like one of my things, bro. Like in my DMs, it's like I respond to every single DM. I like, no, I would never, you know, I, 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 I've been on the receiving end of that too much to like, uh, have it, you know, make anybody go through that, you know, especially as long as I can help you. Well, you know I mean? you're, you're a Chicago guy. So I knew you'd come through. I was just, I was yeah. a little worried that you'd had lived in LA too long and, yeah. and they got to you. It's some toxic. No, you pick up some toxic stuff out there though, dog. Like you stay in LA too long. You start doing all types of stuff weird. Like I was going through my pictures, had way too many selfies in my phone for a little bit. I'm like, oh, what the the hell going on? It's not even you, dog. It's not even you. But no, nah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, embody any of those toxic traits like that. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got you back to the Midwest, man. Um, it's, it's obviously not golf weather out there, but you're, you're back in Chicago now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you were, you, you were, uh, 
you were bouncing back and forth from Cali. I, one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, Pebble. I have not played Pebble Beach. I, I saw that you got to play there in December. How was it? Uh, man, Pebble was like immaculate, man. Like it's just, you know, I, being from the Midwest, you just don't have this appreciation for how golf coincides with nature. Like golf in, in Chicago, we got some dope golf courses. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, but like you go out to like the West Coast, you know what I mean? And, and you know, mountains and like actual earth, you know, and uh, it's just a lot to take in, you know, and I think that Pebble definitely didn't disappoint on the views. Uh, but you know, something that I will say that may be unpopular opinion, yo, Bandon though, Bandon. See, the thing about Pebble was that like, even though it was beautiful, it was iconic. You know, I used to play Pebble on my Tiger Woods, you know, video games and stuff like that. Yep. Like I was just, you know, amped up for it. Pebble, it just felt like commercial almost. It was beautiful, but it felt commercial. There was a lot of people there. You know, y'all passing back and forth, you know, and this is even during COVID. Like, you just saw a lot. You saw houses and cars and stuff like that. But when you go out to Bandon, dog, it's just all golf. You know what I mean? It's all like, it's like, yo, where the hell am I? Like, I could die out here and nobody would find me for like two weeks. Like, oh, this is crazy. You know what I mean? But, uh, and so I think that, you know, even though Pebble, it definitely didn't disappoint whatsoever. Um, I still think that like if it were, if I had a choice and I could pick between Pebble and Bandit, you know, I might lean lean in the Bandit. You know what I mean? I, I like hearing yeah. that. We actually uh, new clubs going there in December for uh, our our yeah. winter meeting. Right. So um, that is it is kind of I don't know if there's a golf heaven, but if there is, it's probably something like Bandit. Bro, it's like and it's like it's a it's a pain in the ass just to get out there. And so you like frustrated, you like, what the hell? Had me sitting on this two-seater plane to get in the boat, whatever, you know, four-hour drive, and then you get to the course, and you're like, oh shit, I liked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I I really think that that part of it was like super dope. You know what I mean? Every everyone likes debating in uh, what is their favorite golf course abandoned. What's your favorite golf course abandoned? How, why you gotta? Why you? Why we even gotta do that though, dog? It's like <laughs> stack coach. rank them. I want you to stack rank. Man, you know, make a choice, make decisions. You know, but no, nah, it's like uh, I think that like, man, it's tough, dog. Like I play, I wish that I would have played Pacific Dunes when it wasn't so windy, because that course, like, it was literally blowing like forty or something like that. Like I saw my boy hit a shot. Uh, I hit a shot and then I saw my boy hit a shot. And this is the first time I've ever seen how balls fly backwards when they're coming down, when they, when you're hitting them into the wind. I was like, yo, what the hell? Like, so it's just kind of like, like then it showed me some things on the, on the wind side coming, to my, coming off that ocean uh, on uh, Pacific Dunes. I thought Pacific Dunes was beautiful. I thought trails though was like, like even though it didn't have no ocean holes, it was like every single hole that you like went to, you walked out and it was like a new world, every single hole. And I'm like, yo, this is dope as hell. I don't know what I'm getting into around the corner. And so I thought that, you know, Bandit Trails was dope. I played the best at old Mac, you know what I mean? Like that's that's why I shot my lowest score. I think, I, I don't know what it was. A couple, I might have shot even at old Mac. That's a good plan. Uh, that's a hard, yeah, that's a, I think that's the yeah. toughest track. Yeah, she Ranch was like, you know, it was beautiful. Had some beautiful ocean holes there, man. It's like how could you? You can't. You can't compare none of those. Dog. Just like shut up and go play. You know what I mean? 
That is some real so, talk. Okay. That is some real yeah, talk. We'll yeah. get to we'll get to your real talk too. Uh, but first, I saw uh, in, in this is probably releasing in March. So this is was in February. You were an honorary spectator with your guy Willie yeah. Mack at, at Riv. Mm-hmm. Um, any good stories from the week? Very few spectators out there right now. So you were kind of very few, dog. Very few. It was like shocking, like how quiet it was out there. Uh, you know. And I took it upon myself because, okay, Willie Mack, he he was playing in the last group of the day with like, you know, like a college player, you know, that was an amateur and another pro. Uh, what's it? He, he's actually pretty good too, uh, Augustine. Augustine. I forget what his name is, but uh, but look, so they playing in the last group. And I know this. And plus, I've been an honorary spectator before. Uh, Harold Varner was playing up at the Northern Trust and me and my boy uh, Aaron Hicks was honorary spectating in. So he kind of set the bar high for like what you would expect as an honorary spectator, right? So like we at the Northern Trust, police escorted us into the ropes, maybe because he played for the Yankees, you know, it was just like they were super lenient, but we was able to just follow the scorer like around the course. So when the scorer walked places, as long as we stayed within the arms reaching him, like it was all good, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, like I, it was like, you're an honorary spectator. She, she was telling me some rules and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's cool. Uh, and so we get out there. And I'm just, you know, doing my thing, following the, you know, score around. And so we get to the eighth hole. And then the head of security come up here like, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to get off the fairway. And so then I took that a little personal because I'm like, bro, it's nobody out here. There's, there's obviously no cameras following us. You know what I mean? Like, what? What you uh? Like, what, what's the big deal here, sir? Sir, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping my social distance. I'm not within six oh, feet. So, so, I, well, I was getting a little close, you know, something, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know what I mean? But uh, but you know, it's just, it was just dope to like walk around real, and I, I I hate that you know maybe I disrespected the event a little bit by almost getting kicked out. I also brought my camera because I was like, yo, why would y'all invite me knowing that I shoot content and not want me to, you know? And, you know, whatever. I had my camera out and he's like, sir, I need you to put your camera away and I need you to get over by the ropes. I'm like, bro, why you letting me inside the ropes just to be on the other side of the ropes? Like, you know, you could have just, I don't even need to be honorary at that point. I'm just a spectator. You know what I mean? Like, if you want me all the way up, you know, I thought that I, I thought I, I had more leeway as far as being up close on the action. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but outside of that though, it was pretty dope walking around real. And, uh, and just a note on Willie Mack, though, bro, like, he is a dog, bro. And I and I say that, like, you know, I'm I'm the king of telling people that they trash. But, like, this dude, man, like, if you would have seen it, it was like, I think he shot four over the second day. But if you would have watched him from a ball striking perspective, you would have been like, how? Like, how? You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, I've seen Willie play enough and seen him put enough and, like, I've seen him shoot like mid-60s. I know he shot a 60 in a in a corn ferry Monday, uh Monday qualifier. Like he just he can play. But when you saw how he was taking rib apart, dog, like from, from a ball striking perspective, I was like, oh shit. Like this dude really belonged out here. And it was just the most casual thing ever. Like he was just, oh, like gusting into the because it was windy out there, gusting into the wind. Uh, tee it down like a half inch off the ground, flighted draw. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it was just like, you know, downwind, high fade, da, 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 da. You could just tell everything was super intentional. And I just, I enjoyed that. It made me comfortable seeing him play like that because I know that, like, 
I'll put my stamp on him all day, every day. Like, I'll go, you know, if any PGA people hit me up, if any, uh, like, you know, tournament directors hit me up, I'm like, yo, uh, if y'all got any sponsors exemptions, I know who y'all should get it to right away. You know what I mean? And, and you know, and that's, striking that's, the, like you said, striking the ball around that place that week. I mean, the wind was yeah. howling and the conditions yeah. were tough. Um, yeah. He, how long have you known Willie? Like, where, where do you guys go back to? Man, so funny. So back in like 2014, Willie probably ain't gonna like this story. But <laughs> 2013, even, even 2014. No, nah, this might have been 2014, 2015. But I was just getting back in the golf. You know what I mean? So like. I had quit golf all through college. Like, you know, I, I didn't even like golf as a kid. My dad, like, really pushed me into it and, and made me stay in it during high school. But uh, quit golf, and then I was kind of picking it back up in 2013. By 2014, 2015, I'm like, yo, I need to quit my job. I need to figure out. <laughs> I need to figure out how to how the hell I could do some golf oriented. So, uh, so I'm on Instagram, and of course, like as a black dude, you see a black golfer, you like, yo, I gotta follow this dude. I look at his swing, I'm like, yo, this swing is dope. Like I'm about to slide in the DMs, so I slid in Willie DMs, like, yo, what's good, bro? Like I see you in Orlando. I'm about to come down there for a trip, man. What's up? And Willie was like, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, man, bro, like I, I love what you're doing, dog. I'm trying to get down there. He was like, all right, bro. He's like, and I was, and then I was telling him at the time, like, bro, I want to, I want to figure out how I can play professionally and stuff. And uh, he was like, what, what do you shoot? And I was like, you know, like, like mid seventies parts sometimes, you know what I mean? And then he just like stopped responding. And I was like, <laughs> all right, that's cool. That's cool. So then like, I was, I was just harassing him. Though. I'm harassing him. So I come down to Orlando. I'm like, yo, I'm in Orlando. He's like, yeah, I'll let you know if I got time. You know what I mean? Whatever. So then that like it, I was out in Orlando with my boy and then we went out in downtown Orlando and then I wound up running into Willie at a bar you know what I mean like randomly just see him like yo what's the fucking what's the fucking dude on Instagram and uh he's like yo what's up man and then he just kind of like like wiggle his way out of there or whatever so that's what me and Willie started you know what I mean so where it started versus you know where it started versus where it is now and I wound up moving to Orlando for a little bit and then, you know, like kind of getting more in the mix in the golf community down there, like everybody was at Disney, like they all uh, practice at the Disney course uh, down in down in Orlando. And so just kind of like being around Willie, like, you know, seeing how he interacted with the people, kind of more like a leader, but then kind of like off to himself too, right? You know what I mean? Like all a lot of guys was down there kind of chit-chatting and stuff, you know, like casually practicing. Willie put his headphones in on the putting green, you know what I mean? While everybody else hitting balls. People go hit balls, Willie go to the driving range, you know what I mean? People, you know, people back to the driving range, Willie go play, you know what I mean? And it was kind of like, he he was he was around and engaging, but he, he was just, he was kind of like more singular focused than I thought focus. a lot of people were at the time. And I definitely, I definitely took note of that. And then, you know, like from there, you know, we, we kind of started to like engage a bit more um, and then it's kind of like organically built, I would say, over the last like five or six years into like, you know, he, he's definitely somebody that I'm proud to say I know and I, and I talk to on a regular basis. You know what I mean, and, and all of the accolades and, and the opportunity that he getting, man, I couldn't I couldn't be prouder, you know, and, and more uh, willing and able to support. And you got a lot of game yourself. So I don't want to I don't want to sell you short. You do have a lot of golf game, but I always like asking uh people that do have, you know, good golf game. You probably got the friends that are always saying, "Yo, man, you got to turn pro. Look at look at your swing. Look yeah. how far." And right. 
and the, but you've spent time with guys like Willie Mack and you spent time with, with these guys. What are the things that make them different? Like you said, um, you know, Willie's just different, but what, what is it about that group of guys that you've been around or pros in general that, that you just say, man, I, I don't have what they have. I don't have what that is right there. See, and that's the thing. Like I can't say that they have something that I don't have, but what, what I do know that they do have is like, it's a range of, of like scoring and it's a range of like trashness that they would never get into. You know what I mean? Like they, they ceiling as far as like, or like I guess their floor is like way the fuck higher than like mine. You know, sometimes I get on the golf course and I'm like, bro, I just don't got it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, you, you, it's like you get in a fight with somebody throwing punches and it's like every time you throw a punch, you get hit in the face. And, yeah. you know, something that made this evident and, you know, and it's not just from a ball striking perspective. It's not just a short game perspective. You know, it's it, a lot of it boils down to like experience and knowledge and just like an understanding of how to score that I think that really good players have that a lot of great amateurs don't. Like a pro know how to keep it pro at all times. Worst worst case scenario, bro, I'm hungover and my leg hurt. I, I'm, I'm gonna get it in at even par, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And you know, I go out there and be like, shit, Man, this this mid eighty staring me dead in the face, dog. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'll, about I'll it. take some pictures instead today. <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. Like I was down. Uh, I played in the so in the advocate store event. Just to give you like a more concrete example, played in the advocate store event that came to TPC Deer Run in Chicago. Uh, not in Chicago, in Illinois. Uh, it's like two and a half hours from Chicago. This is my first time I've been down there. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of down there because I was raising money because I wanted to give a donation to the top performing, you know, black players down there on behalf of my organization, right? And so I was down there kind of like politicking and stuff. And, you know, I knew I had been playing pretty good, you know, like when I'm playing out casually, like I was hitting the ball decent, wedging it decent. And I was like, man, if I, if I focus, I'm probably playing pretty good. You know what I mean? Uh, and so if I, you know, in tournament environments, I tend to like, just like kind of hyper-focus and I could pull it together. You know, even if I haven't been like competing and stuff, uh, I kind of like lock in when it's stuff on the line. So, uh, I, I'm like, man, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this donation, talk to the advocates or people like, yo, do y'all have any more amateur slots? They're like, yeah, we got a couple left. So, you know, I sign up and register and I'm, I'm gonna play in the tournament just to see why I stack up. You know what I mean? And, uh, so bro, I'm, I get down there, you know, play a little piece of a practice around like, ah, whatever. And this is my complacency too. Like it was, I kind of disrespected like what was going on and how serious I should have been taking it. Bro, I get out there dog and I can't like, but how solid I'm hitting the ball. I just, there was no way for me to make a, a par for like seven or eight holes straight. And it was like, bro, what the hell is going on? This is not the course that I was practicing yesterday. Like what the, what the hell changed? And so what they did was they put the pins in the sun, the Saturday, Sunday pins that they use for the, the deer run. Right. And so what was happening was I hit a shot in the fairway. I see the pin, like, I don't, you know, I don't know where your game is, but like, it's like, yo, I got 125 yards, 150 yards in the fairway. Like I'm hitting it at the fucking pin. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Cause if you hit it at the pin and you like five, 10 feet, right. It's coming off the green. Or like if I put a back pin placement, and you long, it's hitting hard, and it's going into the fescue. And it was like, or like, if you, you know what I mean? Like, you, if you hit it above the pin, like, you can't stop this putt anywhere near the hole. You know what I mean? And so, like, 
my whole approach to preparation, it was like, yo, I was hitting quality shots, bro. I'm not kidding. I was hitting, I, I really wish somebody was there to like attest to this. I was hitting quality golf shots and, and making double bogeys. Yep. And I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on? And then you see somebody like Willie and he like, bro, like, why were you doing that? Like, I just, I just went to the middle of the green and you know, and it, it, it was just like this understanding of like, it's certain golf courses you can't take nothing from. You got to accept what it gives you. And it was like that whole mentality. I just felt very like, I felt like a little kid. Yeah. Like I felt like a child. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I you can't like, have what you want. I, I want what I bro, want. No, nah, and I, but I also felt stupid. I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, like going at all of these pins and, and just, it was embarrassing, dog. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm just take pictures for a little while. <laughs> I wasn't down here to play no way. You know what I mean? Whatever. But but yeah, I think that I think that from a from a professional level, it's like so much more than just the ball striking and the execution of the shots. It's really like the approach. You know, yeah. like a professional has a different approach to the game. Uh, that and they have from an informational perspective. Uh, from a you know shot selection and strategy perspective that a lot of amateurs and people with raw talent just don't have you know and I like it, how you compared it to uh, pin hunting too because I noticed the pros that I hang out with and, and talk to they know their games so well like that 125 yard shot they know what their dispersion is so if they see that there's only five yards left of the pin then they're going to be so many yards at the right of the pin on their line. And they know that that's the spot to putt from. And they're, and I just don't have that level of, I don't know if it's detail orientation or focus, but. And then that too. And then understanding like spin rates, bro, is like crazy. You start like really starting to understand spin rates and like the impact that that has on like your total distance. You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like, man, people like, you know, I consider myself, like you said, a decent player. I don't know. I don't really know how the fuck far I hit my clubs. Like when you get down to it, it's like, ah, I got like this 10 yard range that this club generally generally goes. It's like, bro, that's a, that's literally the difference between you being like automatic three putt and you know what I mean? Like off the green, like you, you, your, your variance as far as like uh, where you gonna leave this ball, you have no control over it. You can't play high level golf like that. You know what I mean? So. Bros just, they just understand how to take all of the variables out of their decision making. And like, just, you know, yeah, so, man, it's a different I, game. I, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, the goat at Riv and if you were able to meet the goat and, and instead yeah. uh, I'm going to, and he's been in the headlines a lot, obviously right now, but um, your real talk this morning, actually. Yeah. So if, if anyone that, that's listening, doesn't follow Roger Steele, he was voted the 2020 golf digest uh, person. You didn't know you need to follow. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> just, if that's not enough to get you out there and give them a follow, it, it is entertaining stuff. My favorite thing on the internet right now is your real talk, uh, hashtag oh, R I L L talk. So I smell a little bullshit in there, but I ain't gonna say, yeah, that's I, a little bit. Yeah. But I do, man, yeah, I, I really do enjoy these cause they, they're entertaining. They talk about topics. We're all already thinking about the one on Patrick Reed. Ho, oh, yeah. I was rolling. I was <laughs> I, I too have finished Sopranos not that long ago, and that felt like a yeah, Sopranos man. deal. Yeah, man. I just I thought that uh like the Patrick Reed stuff and just like you know, you know my boy Danny Wax. And uh Danny had some like personal, you know, run-ins with him, and it was like that shape that that anytime your boys got like any type of issues with people, 
like on some soprano stuff. Like if y'all got a problem, we got a problem. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, I was like, man, you know, once I heard that, I was like, I don't care who vouched for him. Like, dog, you, you disrespected my boy, dog. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't let that slide. You know, and then you just, you start to see like different stuff that he's doing, man. And, you know, you hear the stories and it's just too much of the stuff that just intertwines. And like, yo, there has to be something, you know, up with this dude, dog. And so, you know, I, I just, if, if I'm, I can't obviously speak from, uh, you know, a place of, uh, you know, all knowingness or omniscience as far as like, did he do X, Y, Z or whatever. But if I had to put my money somewhere, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. And I, I think that that's, it, that's how it happened. You know what I mean? So He's feeling around it, down there, putting, it looked like yeah, he shifted his weight a little bit. Nothing of it made, nothing about it. Like who just walked up to a ball in the rough? Like, did it bounce? Like I've never, I would never even think to do that before I looked at the ball, dog. Like, he was he was he was ten yards away from the ball. Like, did it bounce? I'm like, bro, go assess your life first. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the order. What are you talking about? The order of operations of the whole thing. That's oh. what threw me off. It's just like everything yeah. was out of order. I, no one does that. He was just like a criminal trying to cover his steps, like and just did it in the wrong sequence. Like, bro, if you would have just got over the ball, then as did it bounce, I would have been like, oh, he saw something that looked a little weird. But bro, you gonna ask that shit walking up? Come on, bro. I'm not stupid. And then you obviously somebody done paid off the damn official that come over there. Can I can I touch it? Can is it? I'm like, oh dog, this is this is this is fishy here. Patrick Reed, a made man, dog. Gotta so you, be. you've Gotta been be. you've been doing uh, the real talks for a little while. Um, what are you learning from doing these videos when you put them out there in the golf world? I, you know what? That's an interesting question. Like, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. It's just like a chance for me to like vent all of this weird shit I be thinking. You know, I just I'm I'm glad that I have like uh, like an outlet for it. You know what I mean? Like, I was talking to. You know, like I got an agent now, you know what I mean? Big time. Mm, yeah, man. It was like, uh, yo, do you want us to plug you into this uh analytic software so you could kind of see what's happening on the metric side of it, like with your engagement, so you can kind of see what things are resonating with people? I'm like, bro, I just want to like get this shit off my chest. And then like if, if people like it, they like it. If they don't, you know what I mean? It's like this is just like my little like open uh diary, you know what I mean, in a sense. And uh and, you know, so I, I haven't been like learning this much, but what I have been enjoying is like the, the community that you're able to build around like authenticity, authenticity and like just expressing yourself. Right. Like the people that I've been talking to, like, you know, if, if when I be out and people stop, me, like, oh, yo, I follow you. You funny. I'm like, bro, like, that's so dope. Like I'm meeting this person because like they rock with my thoughts. You know what I mean? And it's like, man. There, there's a lot of like power and beauty in that. So I'm, I'm appreciative uh, of that component of it. But this, this is a good example of that. Cause you know, without those videos in your presence, I, I wouldn't know that we would hit it off or that I'd enjoy having a conversation with you. Right. But I watch the yeah, real yeah. talks and I go, this is a guy that I just, I'm going to appreciate his opinion regardless of what he has to say, but you're right yeah, about I, that yeah. authenticity. I think that's what people are really connecting with, with what you're doing right. is I can tell you're just saying, saying it how it is and you're saying what you actually feel about um about what's going on i mean i'll i'll confess you're one on tiger uh this morning yeah. and everybody calling you know going immediately to he must be high over the weekend right, uh right. i think i was one of those people you called me out man that 
you were spot on. Like, and I'm not saying that he was or he wasn't, right? Like, I just try to look at it from, like, all angles. Like, I just like to, you know, circle something before I, you know, try to formulate an opinion. But I just – I don't understand how, you know, we don't look at – everybody's in a rush to have, like, these hardened opinions on things, right? And I think that, like, that's kind of the way the media condition does. And so, like, all that I try to do when I put content out there is, like, unpack it and, like, let's look at it from a different angle. Like, let me just throw some other alternatives out there. Like, none of this shit might make sense, but it's, like, at least it, it'll, like, put another question in front of you that should make you question your, your previous beliefs, right? There's all types of explanations for why Tiger looked a certain way or, like, you know, why something X, Y, Z could have happened. It could have been, like... The fucking squirrels from the progressive commercials in the middle of the road like that. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Like, we, we really just don't know what happened, man. So, like, I just find it a little bit insensitive, especially around somebody that did so much for the game, bro. You know what I mean? To, like, to rush and try to dethrone them every single infraction. You know what I mean? And it's – that's, like, uh, you know, something that – that, you know, I don't know where, where golf is going to take me and the opportunities that it's going to present me, but, like, I want to present myself as a human. Like, I'm not no guy. Like, I got fucked up opinions and fucked up family members and friends and, like, you know what I mean? All this other stuff. Like, I make mistakes. You know, I drink, whatever. I smoke. I do all types of crazy stuff. So, like, you know, I, I think that, like, to not give somebody the opportunity to be human and to not empathize with them on those levels, it's kind of like, like, bro, who are you to, like, judge this man? He's done more than you could do with seven lifetimes. But you're going to take, you know, you're going to make this knee-jerk opinion about, like, all of these complexities that he's going on. I got 20,000 followers on Instagram and can't keep up with a day-to-day. Like, what must he be going through as the greatest golfer of all time? You know what I mean? Like, the things that he must be navigating. And, like, it's just a lot, of, a lot of insensitivity, bro. You know what yeah. I mean? yeah. I mean, it's that it's that arc of the hero too, right? I mean, we were all uh, yeah, those of us yeah. that grew up with Tiger shaping our our golf lives, which I was hundred percent. I just I wrote a little blog yesterday about my the first time I saw Tiger in person, and how it was mm-hmm. just like life life changing. You know, golf was never right. the same to me after that. Um, I think we were all just so uh, that twenty nineteen victory, man. It's just we we ride and died with him because we had been through it or watched it. You know, and, right. and he was, it almost, it almost to me and my wife said it when we were sitting on the couch, it's like, dude, the, the man, the man is happy. And I stopped looking at Tiger kind of as the, the athlete, more the human, like you're saying, he's a person right. with feelings and family and all the, all right. the same stuff. Right, man. Right. And it's just, I, I, I empathize with athletes. Like I spend time with, you know, like my boy that played for the Yankees and like, you know, just getting just to meet different ones and, and talk to them. And it's like, it's different. Like a lot of people think that it's a privilege uh, to like grow up your whole life and just be great at something and to always have the world kind of pivoting and revolving around you. Like, you know, you, you think that it's such a privilege to grow up like that, but it like, it deprives you of so many things and experiences uh, that I don't think enough people empathize with. Oh, he's got everything. Like he, you know, well, you know, man, he's an asshole. He won't respond to this. So he's, you know, he won't give my son a parish. He won't autograph. It. He won't show up to this. And it's like, bro, like these people are like deprived of normalcy. 
Like they're the, like like the things that you take for granted. Like when you get so frustrated, and it's like, yo, I just want to go to my favorite restaurant, chill out, eat, whatever. Like they can't do none of that shit. There's no escape. People waiting for them with camera. People walking up to them and friends, you know, they day to day. It's like they lose so much access. And if they rub one person the wrong way, how does that person try to like, like you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's so many things to navigate at when you have higher levels of success. I'm like, man, dude, like y'all, we we all need more empathy and like kudos to Tiger for like trying to navigate ways to be more human and be more accessible. And it looks like he's trying to like tap more, tap into his emotions more, like spend more time and be open about his relationship with his son and stuff. And I'm like, bro, these are major strides from somebody who was so private. You know what I mean? And it's like. I, I do know what Y'all you mean. HBO, HBO out there trying to fuck it up, make him go back into a hole. I, I, ha- I haven't watched that yet. I don't feel like I need to because I basically have followed everything about Tiger since I was you know 12. Um, but <laughs> you're not a fan. Not a fan, dog. Not a fan. It was just like, you know, you're watching Fast and Furious and then it's like somebody hit they Nas, they Nas boost too early. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's what HBO did. Like, y'all should have, y'all would have just waited, dog. Y'all could have probably put together a very compelling, comprehensive piece of content. Because you know, you, you, the journey's not over is what you're saying, right? We got, it's we. So, it's so far from over, man. It's like far from over. Like the impact that is due, dog, is like, you have no idea what he's capable of if he just, wakes up one morning and makes a decision to do something different. Like he could literally wake up one morning and do a 180, still has a captive audience, resources, a network, youth and vigor to like go do whatever the fuck he want. He could call LeBron, he could call Obama, he could call you know, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, he could call whoever the hell he wanted and make whatever the hell happen. And you gonna try to tell his story like that. Like, you know what I mean? That's a good just point. Like so short-sighted, bro. I I think I I that's what I found most most uplifting about your message for Tiger, uh, and your most recent real talk is that he, um, yes, it's a, it's a bad injury, and, and yes, it's gonna be a tough comeback. But there's so this ain't the end. There's so much more. Everyone's acting like it's you know nail in the coffin. It's not. Right, right. And it's, that made me I feel good. That that made me feel better. <laughs> <clears throat> and bro, like I was saying, it's his right leg, dog. Like your right leg is like, you know, you just post up on that shit and get off of it. Like it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not. I, now, if it was a left leg, a left leg injury, I would be a little bit more concerned. You know what I mean? But I still, if he, if Tiger want to figure out how to play golf on that leg, I still feel like he could go win at Augusta if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think he's fine. And now <clears throat> it's almost like. Tiger got a reason uh, to like play in less play in less events, like gear up for important events, and just like focus on other things that he wants to accomplish, like in and around the game. You know what I mean? Mentorship, his son, philanthropy, stuff like that. I, it, it, you know, I'm not gonna speculate on it too much, but I just think that the the world is still wide open for the, the impact that Tiger will. Are there any other real talk topics you got coming up that you want to workshop out a little bit with me here? Bro, I man, it's just I wake up some mornings and just be feeling shit. Or like I'll be having a conversation with somebody in my DMs, like somebody that I haven't met before, that we, but we Instagram homies now. And it's like, 
man, that's that's a good subject need to be addressed. You know what I mean? Like, I do want to talk about like talking shit. You know what I mean? I think that it's underestimated, like the impacts of it. And I don't think that people understand it fully, especially in golf. And they try to like shy away from it or they misuse it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like different types of etiquette that I want to tap into, like twirling. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the twirl, but you know, some etiquette that go into that. It's not just, you know what I mean? You can't just be spinning that shit for no reason. You know, like, why are we doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like understand and leverage the impact of the twirl. Like there's all types of ways to get very introspective on things that we look at at a, on a service level and, and don't really unpack, but, but yeah, what's, I got- What's I got, an improper use of talking shit? Uh, like, because you trash and you just trying to bring everybody down with you. You know what I mean? Like, like you just, you, you literally like the dude that get off the bench to go waste fouls. And it's like, bro, you have like, like you have no merit. Like shut your ass up. You know what I mean? You're just getting in the way, you know? And it's like, it, it's literally like the, you know, the, the, the little kid on the playground that's trying to make a statement and fight the bully. Like, bro, like just stop. It's not even, it's not even worth it. I, so then, you know, I would tell you, just don't don't engage with people that's trying to egg you in, like suck you into those types of situations. I'm such a huge advocate for competition. Like, I, right. I think I think we kind of as golfers try to avoid, you know, oh, it's just camaraderie and we're out there to have a good time. That is true. But you can still do it while competing. It's a game. You know, we all we yeah. all want to win. It's human nature. Uh, yeah, but yeah. There, I, I, I see where you're going with this because it's a problem. There's people that don't know how to talk trash on the golf course. And then there's yeah. people that, that take it too personally, obviously, and they got, they got yeah. their own issues. You can't be sensitive either, dog. Like, no. You know what I mean? If, if, if somebody making a comment to you is going to, like, you know, send you on a, a double bogey train and you're going to try to throw your clubs and fight somebody, it's like, bro, that's – I'm sure that that's manifesting itself in other ways in your life that you need to unpack. We just, we just scratching the surface on this. You know what I mean? All right. I, I, I look, I look forward – to hearing your full rendition on that. Um, Let's talk about influencer status. This is something I've thought about. You know, we, we have a presence out there on the, the, the gram and others. Um, You're, you're a big time social media influencer. Now you uh, you're a creator, you're a social, social entrepreneur, but uh, what what do you think of that title? What do you think of the, the title? Influencer. Yeah. Bro, you can't claim to be no damn influencer dog. Like, bro, you can't claim to be no influencer. Like, bro, like, influencer is like a state of being. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, the way that it's intended, like, you know, before all of this social media shit, when, you know, you had to actually earn press, right? Like, when you had to earn the right to be on the news and earn the right to be in the newspaper, like, you had to go do shit. Like, you had to go accomplish shit, like, Yo, he just sold, he just had an eight-figure exit from a business. Like, this dude is smart as shit. What else can he tell us? He's going to influence my decisions. You know what I mean? Or this person was just, you know, featured in Vogue magazine or whatever, a top designer. They just did some, like, you know what I mean? Whatever. This dude won a Tour de France. Like, this dude did this. Like, these people are influencing my decisions. Where the fuck did we cut out the accomplishment part? And then just go straight to like influence. You know what I'm saying? I, I do and know what you're saying. Bro, so I just, I think that it's hilarious, dog. Like, I think that it's hilarious. And so like, you know, I'm like, yeah, bro, like <laughs> we all influencers, right? We all influence somebody. You know, everybody just, <laughs> we can all just put that in our bios at this point. 
Because if, if if all the people that claim it can have it, bro, anybody can have it. You know what I mean? Shit, I influence my cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I influence my little cousin. You know, like whatever the hell, you know? So I think that it's, it, it's funny to me. I think that it, it's very funny to me. Uh, I, but I do appreciate everything that, that's coming along with it. And I do take serious the opportunities of true influences, um, like true influences and like, that, but I think that the people that are truly influential, like they don't claim that, you know what I mean? Like, and it's and, just, you know, and they're yeah. doing other stuff. So are you saying like, in what ways are you not? Cause I think everybody that will, you know, go to your Instagram account, they're going to say, okay, social media influencer. Uh, what right. ways, in what ways are you not a social media influencer of the things you're doing for golf? Um, I think that, I think that I am being influential, you know what I mean? And, uh, and like, if I was kidding, you know, because I'm I'm really trying to like push forth a narrative, right? Of that you can show up to the game as you are, and as long as you respect the game, it's 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 for you. And I don't think that golf has like embraced anybody quite like me before. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's a lot of like I talk to a dude named Kelly James a lot. Like he uh he do all the stuff at the PGA tours, like he do like the rap stuff and, and all this stuff. But Kelly James is a smart dude, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a very, like, intellectual, like, cerebral, great storyteller and stuff like that. And he was like, bro, golf is like, it's like the, the gatekeepers are trying to keep golf, like, very, very safe. And, you know, they're not going to really let anything into the game that threatens the safety of the game, right? <clears throat> and for those reasons, you haven't seen too many people at a high level that really represent uh, what diversifying the game could look like. You know what I mean? And I think that I'm I'm potentially the edgiest but safest uh, approach to that at the time being, right? Like I'm a decent golfer, like, you know, I'm educated, you know what I mean? But I'm from this place that a lot of people won't, wouldn't want to go. You know what I mean? I live in this place that a lot of people wouldn't want to visit. And, uh, and I think that it's like an interesting enough case study where it's like, okay, you know, we'll allow you access to the game because we think that you're going to be a good advocate for like growth in this capacity. And that's what I want to articulate as well is like, <clears throat> like the video, my first video that kind of went like mini viral or whatever, when I was telling people like uh, to play golf responsibly, it's like, I want you to come play the game, but I also want you to respect the game. It's like, I don't want you fucking this up for me. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I, I I put a lot of time in and made met a lot of people and shook a lot of hands to, to get these opportunities. So, like, if you're going to come into it, this is a great opportunity. It's a lot of things that you could do with this game, but, like, don't mess it up, though. You know what I mean? Don't be don't be out here being disrespectful. You know what I mean? So, in, in those ways, I think that I am, like, influential, but I'm going to be the first to tell you, like, dog, I haven't done shit. Started a couple businesses, like, you know what I mean? Struggling, trying to navigate through those and, like, Bro, what, what, you know, um, maybe, you know, being a scratch golfer, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, bro. It doesn't um, hurt. I struggle with it. I struggle with it, bro. I struggle with it. Scratch golf, it doesn't hurt. And that message, Roger, that's something that uh, I, I believe viscerally deep down. And and it's something that's built into what we're doing at New Club, too, is that you just got to you got to let people know that, yeah, you're you're invited to be a part of this and it's and it's actionable. Right. Show up, play, um, enjoy it. But that's helped those new people uh, understand 
the game, the, the, the little <laughs> nuances, just like anything, right? If you're learning to fly a plane, you're not going to know all the language either, right? There's jargon, right. there's etiquette, right. there's ways that you got to do stuff. I, that's right. what I see. I see you bringing people into that, man, and, and be, doing it authentically and not pandering right. to folks. Right, right. And that's, that's something that I like definitely want to commit to because, you know, getting to this, <clears throat> to this space has been interesting because like for a long time when I was getting into golf, I thought that I had to like pander to people to get opportunities. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, like you were just always trying to like figure out how could I fit in? Like, how can I fit in? You know, how can I like not lose this opportunity to go to this place and see this thing? And it was like, it was sad a lot of times, bro. You know what I mean? Like the 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 elements of yourself that you would try to like compromise or quiet just so you could like not lose this opportunity. And just to like sometimes go home and be like, yo, did I even like, I didn't even fit in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I just think that the, the, the way that I'm doing it is like whatever I can get from being myself, like that's what's for me. If that means that I can only play the nine hole course that's down the street from me and that's the only place that would truly have me and truly make a home for me, then that's my home. And that's where we can all go. You know what I mean? But if other places are saying like, we want you to come here, then it's like, well, let's show me. And then let's, and, let, and now this can be our home. You know what I mean? And I'll help you enforce the rules. You know what I mean? Like whatever rules we set, whatever rules we all agree on, like I'll be the first one to help you enforce them. But I, I just don't want golf to feel like, I don't want anybody that's coming into the game feeling like you got to switch up anything about yourself to, to, to play the game. You could be a hundred percent yourself and, and, but just like, let's be within the confines of like what, what the game should look like. And this could be a great place for all of us. You know what I mean? That's, that's a beautiful message and a beautiful mission. Uh, and we want I want to help you with it. Uh, let's talk locally. Can we talk about Chicago a little bit? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm calling in from my uh, north side apartment. I think you do you still live on the west side? Yeah, I'm on the west side. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, so tell, what were some of your favorite courses growing up? I mean, growing up, I didn't really like we I, I mean, when I was growing up, I just played like it's a nine hole course over here called Columbus Park. It's like on the west side, I would go out to Jackson Park. I would go out to South Shore. Uh, I would go out to like Merivis, or they used to call it Waveland. So it was just all the city courses because, you know, sometimes my dad would take me out to Fresh Meadows. So like growing up, like I didn't see a lot of like, like, like you know what I mean? I, I didn't know how beautiful golf got, you know what I'm saying? Like as a, as, as a kid, because you were just always like, at those courses. And then when I got to high school and I played on the high school golf team uh, and I, I started to see more stuff, like I went out and played Butterfield Country Club and we they took us to like LaGrange Country Club and they took us to, like one of my boys had a, a, a house down in Ponte Vedra and I went and saw Sawgrass for the first time. And, I, and, that, and that was just also like jarring to me, like, yo, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, courses that had real trouble that you could get into. You know what I mean? It was like crazy. Um, but, but you know, now as an adult though, I mean, I just grown this huge appreciation for like what we have to offer from a golf perspective, uh, even though we only get people 45 minutes every year to play it. So, you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's all good, but that's, we, that's, we got some beautiful golf here. I want to ask you about those, those country clubs, right? Cause we have uh, a lot of people that listen to the pod that are, 
representatives of those country clubs and um a lot of our members are members at those those country clubs and uh you know i think the places like columbus park jackson park city maravitz obviously crucial for the game of golf right you got to get people introduced to the game you got to but as you know this game has layers and as your game progresses you kind of just want to see a new place a new challenge a new you know beauty as you said and and um what do you think what do you think those places could do cuz cuz here here I'll give you my quick position right they're private clubs they're 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 allowed to be their, their private clubs that's how they were established hundreds of years ago um that's great you know have have your club but what are some things you think they could do to make that you know as someone that's a, a, an avid talented golfer you know make them feel just more part of it, more welcome, you know, even though they, maybe they join the club, maybe they don't, but how, what is some advice or tips you have for the, those places? Because I, where I sit, I know that it's a problem. I know that like those places are definitely for our age group and below it's, it's become a, it's become a challenge. They don't feel that way. So what are some things you think they could improve? Um, I, you know, this is a, this is a question that I want to give a more thoughtful response to man, because I think that like, like you know, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big proponent of like, bro. If I'm not welcome somewhere, like I don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Like if you if you really don't want me there, like don't like don't invite me. You know what I'm saying? Or like I don't want you to open it up to me so I could feel uncomfortable. So I don't want to go there either. You know what I mean? So I just think that like foundationally, you know, I I, I would really have to to give that some more thought as far as like how you could organically make it feel welcome. Because one, one thing that I don't want to happen is for like, you know, clubs and courses to like rush into trying to give all of this access and then like having a bad experience because it's forced and then like having that completely, you know, dismantle everything. I think that we have to be like tactful about how we like start to, you know, be progressive in, in those spaces. But I just think that one of the things is just dialogue and being open to, to new opportunities and stuff like that. Like, you know, you know, like I've talked to, you know, people that were members at like Medina and Olympia Fields and stuff like that. And it's like, they're very open to, you know, having what new membership could look like. But at the same time, it's like, this is a club that was founded you know, with some ideals in mind and like the people that come here, they still have to represent that. Like the whole club probably not going to pivot to accommodate, you know, like a bunch of random people that, you know what I mean? Like, let us up in here, you know what I mean? So like, I think that, you know, you, we, you have to be thoughtful about the ways that you introduce that. And, and at a minimum, a club just has to be open to the dialogue and open to the change as far as like what, you know, progresses that membership forward. And there's probably a lot of low-hanging opportunities like right in front of them, right? Like, you know, uh, a lot of them, you know, they they work at law firms and they, or they're, you know, doctors and, you know, they have practices where they're engaging with these people and these patients. And you know what I mean? It's like, hey man, like come out and have a round with me. Like, let me know what you think of the club. And it could be like all that simple, like, you know, Maybe it's like some sort of incentive where like, you know, you could you could bring a member from a different community or something out for a day. Or like we have something where it's like, yo, you if, if you know, if you think y'all have a good time, bring them out here for like a discounted green fee or something like that. You know what I mean? On, on your end, if you bring them as a guest, 
And it's like, yo, just show people around, see how they feel about it. And why don't you, and, and even in doing that, it's like, bro, be honest with me, like how you felt about the club here. And then, you know, be like, yo, this may be uncomfortable as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? And so like, be open to having those types of conversations. And, and I think that like, organically, you could start to navigate how you could shift, you know? But I'm in no position to tell a club how they need to change their membership. Them people pay a lot of money to like be out there. You know what I mean? Them people, like they they did a lot of stuff to to build to build that you know what I mean and, and, and turn it and give it the prestige and all of that stuff and I know that you know uh, you know rushing and doing anything I understand the harm in that so I would never like advocate for that you know I but you. I do think that there's there's ways to be more progressive as far as like having dialogue and giving access and asking questions like asking real questions and looking for real responses that would give you some insights and, and kind of help you uh, tailor that approach, you know, for the new era of go. I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you've said elsewhere, and this is something that I say a lot and my buddies give me a hard time for, but you've said elsewhere that you believe that the game can help people navigate life. And I'm always, my friends are always giving me a hard time. Like if we're talking about, you know, now we got kids and we we're all married and we're talking about like real life stuff with, you know, my buddies, um, I'm always comparing it to golf and they always roll their eyes, but I, I saw you said that. And I, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what kind of lessons you think golf can teach people in life and, and, you know, maybe some examples from your own life. Bro, I'm just, let me look up these accounts real quick. I just want to speak to something very specific. Yeah. So look, so with golf, like, the, the, the reality of it is every decision maker, like probably, I would say, man, I will argue 95% of decision makers have like this deep affinity for the game of golf. Like 95% of like decision makers across every industry got this deep affinity to golf, right? And so like, and when you understand, like when you understand golf like we do, you understand that like golf is like its own fucking language. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you could talk about golf to somebody, y'all got shared experiences, like, yo, y'all in another world. It's like, what is everybody? I'm at a basketball game talking about golf. And then it's like, yo, like, what the fuck basketball? What, why are we here? Like, we should go. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy the power of the game when you, when you love it like that, right? And so when you understand that power, you start to understand how having that connection with different people can really shrink gaps. You know what I mean? Generational gaps, you know, racial gaps, uh, socioeconomic gaps. And it's like, man, if you if you don't explore that, you're passing up on opportunities to like impact your social mobility. And I'm not saying use golf as a tool to like, you know, take advantage of situations and stuff like that, but organically, that is what's gonna happen. Like, it's just organically gonna happen. You're gonna go play golf, you're gonna go play with some random people, you you're gonna tell them about what what you do, they're gonna tell you about what they do. And over the course of 18 holes, somebody gonna be like, you know what I was thinking? I got this buddy. That, that does something that you, I'm, I'm gonna connect y'all to and let's see what happens, you know what I mean? And it's like, and then we'll set up another game. Maybe all three of us will go play. Hell yeah, and you know what I mean? And then that turns into like this whole new pathway that otherwise you never would have created. And, and, and like the foundation of it is so, it's so deep so fast. It's like, bro, like golf offers you opportunities to connect with different people on, on, on levels that are unimaginable and unattainable by other sports. And for instance, to show you the importance of golf. 
So I got this, I got these, these dudes I talked to that I've been speaking with more frequently down in Atlanta, right? They train NFL prospect quarterbacks, top quarterbacks in the country pre-draft. They call, come down, they go down to Atlanta, Quincy, Quincy Avery and, and Allen, uh, Allen Chaney, I think his last name is. So they go down there, they work out with them, but as a part of that curriculum, bro, as a part of that experience, they teach them dudes how to play golf. It's like it's mandatory that you learn how to play golf. They're like, man, why you know, why should the quarterback? Where do they need to learn how to play golf for? And it's like, bro, everybody, and the way it was explained to me, everybody in those front offices, everybody on, you know, likely your coach, your offensive coordinator, all of these decision makers within those organizations are gonna speak this language. And when you understand that like life is all relationships, it's like, bro, why would I pass up on an opportunity to cultivate this specific relationship? It's like, why would a football player need to learn how to play golf? Because you're making them bilingual, dog. Like it's crazy. You know, you almost it's like literally teaching somebody a different language. And then just from my own experience, bro, I knew nobody in LA. I knew zero people in LA. Had only been there maybe for like two days randomly. You know what I mean? Before. Moved to LA with some golf clubs at like a couple thousand dollars, like or like you know what I mean, back in 2015, 16, and through playing golf alone, just started like meeting business partners, meeting like you know CEOs of companies, and like you know what I mean, that are really invested and stuff. It's just bro, no other game is going. You can't get that hooping. And it's and it's <laughs> not that's true because it you it's not just meeting them either. You get to know somebody when you play golf with them. It's known, dog. All these soft, all these soft touch points, man. Like I get to see how you handle adversity. You know what I mean? I get to see how you ride high. I get to see how you ride low. You know what I mean? I get to see how you get hyper focused when we compete. You know, I get to see if you cheat. You know, I get to see if you give yourself, you know, like six foot gimmies. You know what I mean? I get to see. You know what I mean? How you process like information. I get to, you know, learn about how you dress. And then, and that's all outside of just the conversation that y'all having on the golf course. A whole bunch of soft touch points and soft learning points. It's like, bro, you got to, you could get a person broke down in just like those four hours on the golf course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you like, do you like talking much on the golf course? Obviously you're very eloquent and you said that more better than, better than I ever could, but do you like conversation on the golf course? Yeah, but it just depends on why we there though. Like we gambling or we, you know what I mean? Like, cause I've I've been, I've played and it's just money games. And it's like, bro, like leave me the fuck alone. You know what I mean? Like if, or like if I'm playing in a tournament, like we don't really need to chat it up like that. You know what I mean? But if we out there, if we out there to network, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, I know how to like switch it on and off depending on what's going on. I, I, I had a member, I wrote a, again, I write on this blog and I wrote about one of the members that I played with in a, it wasn't a money game, but it was a match, you know, points were on the line. We, we wanted to win and we didn't talk. I, I wrote about him, right? Like about him is I, I got to know him. He's like, dude, I didn't think you liked me. You didn't really talk to me much that day. I go, of course we didn't talk. I was trying to kick your ass, but I picked up on all the things that you do throughout the day. I got to know you. I mean, golf is really unique in that way. Right. Right. And so that's why I think it's like, you know, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, man, I'm, you know, I'm really trying to like maximize my, uh, I'm really trying to make my, you know, performance here. And if we're competing, and it's like, dude, like, I don't need your dialogue, dog. Like, you know what I mean? I really, 
you know, I'm thinking about things, and you know, and even when I'm taking a break uh, from thinking about the shot, like I'm not thinking all golf the whole four hours, but like when I'm not thinking about golf, I want to think about the things I want to think about. And like, you know, I'm kind of like, if you talking to me, like you giving me your energy, you start coming over to me, complaining about your wife, your job, whatever the fuck, like you like, I don't want to have no empathy or sympathy for you while I'm out here on this golf course, dog. You know what I mean? Oh man, you know, man. like, I don't need none of that. So it's just, if we really competing, then it's like, yo, chill. But if it's like we friends and we out there betting, you know, we, we can talk shit. It's just all types of different levels to yeah. it. But uh, but I think that I'm good at like understanding what the goal is and then, you know, tailoring my approach to what we out there doing. So you, uh, you and I share something else that is somewhat in common that I wanted to ask you about. And it's that decision that, that uh, I toiled over for a couple of years, uh, leaving my desk job to work in golf. Um, right. So I... I wanted to uh, ask you about, you know, you started a few ventures at this point, and now I think you're full-time in, in the game. What led you to that decision, and uh, how did it come to be? Man, you know, my, my whole thing was like, I, you know, I, I graduated college and had no idea, like, what I wanted to do with my life, you know, coming to, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the overarching sentiment with everybody, and, uh, you know, when I get, when I, I got in, I majored in civil engineering. So I did that for like four and a half years and I worked on the public side and the private side. And I'm like, yo, this shit is boring, dog. You know what I mean? And, uh, and but golf as an adult was the first thing that really like pulled me. And it wasn't, it wasn't something that I had to try to love. It was just like for a long time, I was just waking up thinking about golf going to sleep, you know, getting off work, going to the driving range, playing on the weekends. Like, golf is like, I'm like, bro, this is this is it. And I'm like, I'm over here trying to figure out how I could, you know, like, you know, use my job to play more golf. And then at a certain point, you start realizing, like, yo, the job is really what's getting in the way. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I don't need to work around this thing. This is like eight to ten hours of my day. Like, man, why do I, you know, during prime time, Golf hours, like, why am I giving so much leeway to this? And so I, I think that the way that I did it, though, I was very naive, though. You know what I mean? And uh, I was very, like, I dove head first, and I didn't have enough knowledge on what I was really getting myself into. Um, but I also reconciled that it wasn't a lot of people that was doing anything that could have helped me either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have I still been waiting if I was waiting on people to, to like, transition out of it. People are like, man, don't leave until you could turn a side hustle into a main hustle. And I'm like, bro, like when you treat your side girl like your side girl, she's gonna stay your side girl. And you just gonna be in that, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just the way it's gonna be. Like, you can't, you can't, you know, expect something to love you if you don't love and commit to it. You know what I mean? So I jumped out, I had some money saved, and you know, I tried to start a couple business and, and businesses, and I like blew through like you know, a decent amount of money I had saved up very fast. And it was very alarming. You know what I mean? And I was in this, like, not so good relationship at the time. And, it, and you know, that's the whole reason that I even moved to L.A. She was like, oh, come out to L.A. And no offense to her. It's, you know, she ain't all bad. It was just our dynamic. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but I think that, you know, looking at where I am now, and, you know, I obviously I don't have that much security in what I do. You know what I mean? I'm like, a couple bad months away from like, you know, filling out a job application most times, you know what I mean? But 
I think that uh, I, I know that there's no job that I could have that would give me this fulfillment. And I think that, that those sensations alone is kind of worth the jump. And that's not just for golf. That's for, like, anything, dog. Like, when you look – when you, like, at the end of the day, like, you, you, we all going to die with nothing. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the people that are trying to, like, put life on the back burner so that they can accumulate wealth and, and, and try to, like, you know, lower themselves into this place of comfortability where they could finally try and, and get their dreams off the ground – I mean, I, I had homies that, 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 you know, had very tragic incidents in their 20s. Like one of my best friends died when he was 28 and all we would do was talk about plans and stuff that he was going to do when he got to this place. And I'm like, for all of this uncertainty, bro, and for, you know, for us, as far as we know, this is our only t- chance to do it. And you want to like, you know, spend 10 hours a day at like this other thing when you know what you're passionate about. Like, bro, that's like, it's cowardly a little bit, dog. So when people talk to me about that, I'd be like pretty honest with them. Like, bro, you telling me that you love this thing and you want to make it work and you not willing to like gamble on yourself and your love to like chase it. Like either you don't love it enough or like you you kind of like you a punk, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's really no two ways. Of, I don't mean to be harsh about that, but it's like you taking yourself way too serious. And you're negating, like, what passion, like, how passion manifests itself in the world. You know what I mean? So, and I, 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 you know, I, I applaud you, too, man. You know, I would love to know how you how you did it, but I just jumped in the first, dog, and it hurt. But it, it was, like, it's worth it. Yeah, it, it hurt. I, I wasn't really ready for it either and, and still kind of feel a lot of those same feelings. Um, but... You know, I, the best advice I got was another Chicagoan, Claire Liu, who started, I think she's on her third company or something, um, lives in the West Loop. And I, I'd see her at a couple of events and I knew she was an entrepreneur, right? So I kept hitting her with questions. And finally, I think she got irritated with me, kind of like what you're saying. Like, hey, man, I've seen you at three or four of these functions. And every time you bring up the same golf idea and uh, she goes, you seem pretty passionate about it, right? And I go, yeah. She says, well your inspiration has an expiration. So I, I recommend you do something about it before it's too late. And, and that, that was it for me, man. I remember going home that night and just taking that like boilerplate thought I had lined up and putting something to it. But, you know, I, I I think right now too, everybody, you try to avoid uncertainty. You know, a lot of people stay in their comfy roles and um, stay unhappy to avoid uncertainty. But I mean, look at COVID that's uncertainty for everybody, right? We don't know what's going to happen next. So you might as well start living your life. That's, um, that's, I, I, I look to people like you who have made that jump because I think we always need inspiration every day, you know, cause I, I'll have those bad days, man. I'll be honest where it's just like, Ooh, you know, I should, I should be selling technology right now. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of really good days too. Where, oh, it could all be so easy. Yeah. 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 But that's, that, that's just like, that's kind of like just a low hanging fruit, man. That's, that's the, uh, it's like the bait, you know, back into like a trap, dog. Of like, there's just a lot of people out here doing stuff that they're not passionate about. You know what I mean? And uh, and you know, it's 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 of no it's of no fault of their own because like if everybody just quit their job and did whatever fuck they want to do, like what would get done? The world, you know the world I mean? would crumble for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So it's just like people are doing things that are necessary. But I do applaud the people that like when they say that they feel something that they willing to to jump out there and go for it and see where it lands you. You know, well, and, if I, and, 
And I will say, I think it is important for golf because golf is, it's important for every industry to have innovation, but golf particularly has been a, well, that's the way we've always done it type of deal. And, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna, it's gonna suffer if people like yourself don't, you know, jump in and say, all right, I'm going to roll the dice and, and make this happen. So. Right. Uh, I don't want to keep it too much longer. We got, I got to ask you our 18 standard questions. Um, I have adapted from a 35 question, uh, questionnaire from Marcel Proust, who's a French novelist. He was trying to uncover the, uh, the truest nature of an individual. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to do with these 18 questions is uncover the soul of the golfer. Okay. Roger right. Steele. So I got 18 questions. These are intended to be quick answer, by the way, you don't, we, I don't want too much thought, you know, just, just quick answer. We'll, we'll get through them. And, uh, by, by number 19, we're going to, we're going to get a peer into the soul of Roger Steele. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. Number one, when were you the happiest as a golfer? I think it, like, what is he, what are you looking for? Like a time frame or like an event? Yeah. When, when, and where? Now. Like, I mean, I think that, you know, like the, the stuff that I've been doing, like, you know, uh, like my banding trip, like being out at Banding Dunes and like being tapped into. Ah, but that's tough too, though, because it's like, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm going to suck at this game. I'm going to suck at this game, but like, I felt like, you know, being, I think being out of band made me very happy. But another moment when I was like really happy was when I presented that uh, I presented that check at that event that I shot a million at to Willie and this dude Tim O'Neill. And it's like I'm like, bro, this is like I'm actually making some headway right now, you know? Dude, you're one under. That's a birdie. That's a great answer. Uh, number two, what's the scariest golf shot? Scariest golf shot? Uh, oh, bro. Uh, like a shot with OB right, left to right wind. Scares the shit out of me. That's a, a scary shot. A shot. Yep. OB right, strong left to right wind. Mm. I share that concern. Number three, what is your go-to order at the halfway house? Uh, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big golf course food guy. Like I bring snacks most of the time, but, uh, I'm always getting like, if they got a like uh, any type of like neutral grain bar nuts or like stuff like that. A lot of times I get something like that, unless we party and then it's a transfusion for sure. For sure. Number yeah. five, or no, sorry, number four. What is the trait you most deplore in your golf game? Uh, I think that it's like in, yeah, inconsistency of ball striking inconsistency. You know, if we're looking like a physical trait, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah like part of your variance. game. I don't, like the, I don't like the variance between my ball striker from day to day. And more importantly, like the inaccuracy off the tee, too. Like how that affects my inaccuracy off the tee. Yeah. Number, f- number five, what is the quality you most look for in a playing partner? Um, and this is like physical or like, you know, emotional or whatever. Who, who you prefer playing with? What is something you look for in that person? And we in a money game? No, just, you're just playing. So people you're, that I'm playing with. Yeah, you're just out to have a good oh, time for this one. No, man, just as long somebody that's uh like, I like playing with people that are business oriented and like progressive minded. 
Like I like playing golf with like entrepreneurs, you know, like good entrepreneurs. You know? I like that. Uh, number six, what is the trait you most deplore in other people's golf games? So this one is actually about the, the physical golf game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slow people that play like real slow. I, I think that, yeah, that, that bothers, I'm not the quickest player, but I like try to make up for that by hitting the shot, few, hitting the ball a few times. You know what I mean? But like, when you trash and slow, I'm like, ooh. ooh. Oh, I, oh, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. That's, that's a red flag in new club. If, if you're taking yeah. your sweet ass time, we, we got to talk. Um, number seven, what words or phrases do you most overuse on the golf course? I think that I've caught myself saying like some sort of profanity after a shot too soon, like complaining about it before I actually like, it wasn't really that bad of a shot, but I just complained about it anyway. I feel like that's something that golf conditions were like, fuck, shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> quick, without even really... Just, just expressing disapproval too soon. You know what I mean? Yep. Number eight, what golfing talent would you most want to have? Golfing talent? Yeah. So back to your game. What part of the game would you most Bro, want? Airways, dog. Oh, man. Just, just fit. If I could just live in the fairway, bro. Drive it like you got Kevin Hall. I've played with him. He, yeah. he doesn't miss fairways. At least that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, number nine, making the turn. What is your most treasured golf possession? Is there something you hold on to from golf that, that means a lot to you? All of my, man, bro. Nah, I, I think that like, uh, you know, I'm a very, I don't have any like super emotional attachments to anything object-wise in golf. You know what I mean? That's, that's a good way no... to live life, man. I got to look at my freaking office. This is pathetic. I, every, I hold on to everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hold on to a lot of stuff, but it's just nothing is like, you know, it's like it's, it's stuff, though, you know? Well, how about this question then? Number 10, what's the one thing in your golf bag that you should throw out? Bro, I like, bro, my 50 degree wedge, dog. I don't, I think that thing cursed. <laughs> I don't know what it is, bro, but if you give me a shot that's like 140, you know, 140 to 145 or 135 to 145, I'm like, I'm going through some things right now. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what I did to it, but yeah. yeah it's, it, if it's in your head already, you got it. It needs to be thrown out. Just Or for maybe put, put it on the bench. Put it on the bench for a little while. It's like, why am I like nervous with a wedge in my hand? This is crazy. Uh, this one's a little different. Number 11, what's your favorite occupation at the golf course? So this could either be like you, a job that you would like to have at a golf course or a specific person that you, that you know, from working that works at a club. Bro, I like the, uh, I like the maintenance people, bro. Like I like the hours. Cause they like, it's like they there before you get there and then they maybe do some stuff when you leave. But I, you know, I feel like if I, you know, and, and it's just they're responsible for the experience that we have, right? It's like they control so much, you know, how well they keep it, how fast the greens roll, you know what I mean? Like replacing divots and, and things like that. And, you know, it, it, they, they control so much. I think that they're so essential to the experience, and I don't think that we put enough shine on them. So, like, another respect for, like, all of the maintenance people that get out there and, like, 
keep the course is beautiful. Number 12, have you ever asked another golfer for their autograph? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, yeah, definitely. If that's a yes or no question, like, hell yeah. Set, I'm about to get Willie Mack autograph, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say this real quick. So, question, was it Willie? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'm going to get his, though. That you just reminded me. You should, yeah. Um, number 13, what historical golf figure do you most relate to? Historical golf figure? Uh, probably like, probably like Lee Trevino. Damn it. I just felt like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like a more vulgar version from a personality perspective, like unconventional swing, but like charismatic and stuff like that. I like the way he just, you know, don't really come from a whole lot. So I, I think that like Lee Trevino, somebody that I identify with. That's a, I'm, I'm a huge Lee Trevino fan. I'm going to send you a picture of Lee Trevino when this is over. It is one of the most iconic shots that, uh, it, it, it hangs in the club I grew up with in Akron, Ohio, when he was passing through town. Oh, He's just, he looks like something out of Sopranos though. This picture is hilarious. His, his attire, oh, man, is, isn't, is something else. Um, number 14, do you have any golf regret? Any, any greatest regret in golf? Yeah, man. Like, and you know, it was kind of out of my control, but I wish that, um, I wish that I, first of all, I grew up closer to a driving range. Uh, I think that that would have like really helped me get more reps and understand what was going on. And I just wish that I had like closer friends that played golf when I was growing up. I was at like this age where like there was a few other junior golfers, but they were older than me. And I felt like I didn't really, I wasn't really like accepted by them and they weren't people that I connected with very well to the point where I was excited to go see them or anything. And so I think that if I could have spent more time on the driving range and been around people my age that I really like connected with, uh, my, you know, my trajectory in golf might have looked different when I was younger. Or I might have had a, a deeper appreciation for the game. But neither, I don't feel like either, I feel like both of those are out of my control. But, you know, I just wish that that was the case. I, I think that's, something though a lot of us can relate to that wanted you know wanted to have golf younger now we're all into the game you know on the deep level uh just mm -hmm. doing doing it earlier and having a, a crew to do it with uh numbers yeah. 15 and 16 so 15 is what's your favorite hole in golf and then 16 is what is your least favorite hole in golf Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So in Chicago, so my favorite hole in Chicago is the uh, the 15th hole at Jackson Park. Uh, like that's like, it's, it's a part five. It's like, for some reason, I feel like it always play downwind. And if you hit the fairway, it's like the easiest eagle you're going to ever, you know, it's, it's your easiest look at eagle you ever going to get in your life. I know, you know what you're talking about. So, I know, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. And my least favorite hole is number two at South Shore. Uh, so South Shore, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like the 460 yard par four that you got to hit like a snap hook to like, you know what I mean? To like find the fairway. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? It's like, <laughs> that's, that's like, and, it's the, and it's the smallest, narrowest green I've ever seen. 
I, I can't. I mean, bro, I made like I feel like my scoring average on that hole is a par four, like a like six and a half or something like that. <laughs> like nothing, ever, nothing, nothing ever right on that hole. Yeah, that hole sucks. They got to do something there. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, so, sidebar, what do you think of the the project? So, uh, Tiger, you know, and and making it happen. I mean, I know there's a lot of polit- Chicago politics to it, but are you pro yeah. making it happen down there? Yeah, I think I'm very pro, like having a championship golf course in Chicago. But like, you know, like my dad and his friends and stuff, like that's where they like play. You know what I mean? And if, you know, access and price point starts to push people out of the game, and, you know, you start bringing all this tourism in and it's like, man, I could easily see that turning into something where like the people that were really relying on those courses don't have any like refuge uh, or like any place to go to, to stay in the game. You know? Yeah. It's talking about taking two courses, first of all, and have two separate kind of communities, combining it into one bumping up the price point, making it like a destination. And it's like, bro, no way you could keep that affordable for people. And even yeah. if you did try to extend that to some of the people that were like, you know, in the area now, it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's just like a way that you should start phasing that out. You know what I mean? Driving the price points up and up. It's, you know, so it's, it's kind of like a beat, a, a bittersweet sentiment as far as like how all of that stuff is transpiring. Like, you know, it's coming, but. I, I hope that they got to do the right thing. It's tricky, right? Yeah, it's got it. They got to do it the right way. I don't envy the, the people that are, you know, leading that charge because that's it's tricky to do. But I hope I hope they do it. It'd be awesome for Chicago. It would be awesome. It would be. Um. All right. Two final questions. Uh, number seventeen. Do well first. Yes or no? Do you listen to music on the golf course? Yeah. All right. You got one song to listen to on the golf course for the rest of your life. Oh my god! What Bro, song? What? Is it? What a crazy question, dog. What number question is this? At 17. You're almost there. Damn. <laughs> One song to listen to for my whole life on the golf course. It's going to be a Drake song. Bro, this is a crazy question. It's not even realistic. <laughs> Bro, this is like this is torture right now, dog. You, you act like I put my whole life into this question. No, man. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a song. I, I, wow. I, and by the way, I can't enforce it. I'm not going to make you listen to one song for the rest of your life. You can say it. I know, but it's just like, bro, you try to, like, as much as I love music, you're going to make me pick one song and it's supposed to be this timeless, all encompassing song. Well, it, it is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a Drake song and it's probably going to be, uh, bro, I need something that I could just like. I, maybe I'll just I'll pick "Laugh Now, Cry Later" as a song. Okay, you know I, mean? I feel like that's a pretty like all encompassing song. Catch you high and low. Yeah, you know what I mean. All right, I feel like that's a terrible answer. <laughs> we'll we'll see what people say. We'll we'll have others critique it. Uh, last last question, number eighteen. If you had a motto, maybe you do. If you had a motto, what would it be? If I had a motto, uh, yeah, I'll just say like, it's okay to be trash, just don't stay trash, dog. You know what I mean? I think that like that's that's the way I live my life. Like you know, that live my life is you gonna realize the more things you try to do, the less you know. But it's just up to you to if you want to stay not knowing things. Like probably not somebody that people should associate with. You know, so 
I love it. That's a good one to end us on. Um, one thing I forgot to uh, mention or ask you about is uh, some of your other guys. We talked a lot about Willie, um, but yeah. you know, there's some other hype players that are doing good things. Um, and there's been a bunch of sponsors exemptions lately too. So Kevin Hall, who I played some college golf with yeah. great, great right. dude. Love seeing him back out there. Uh, Kamayu Johnson, you know, he got right. a ton, a ton of uh, publicity this last couple of weeks, which has been cool to see mm-hmm. Tim O'Neill. Um, yeah. uh, my, my, my question was, uh, do you think, well, first, yeah, first, do you think there's real sustainable change happening in representation with, through, through this? Do you think this is something that's going to continue um, or do we still have a ways to go? Um, I think that it, so the, the problem is, you know, like if, if they keep doing it this way where they're throwing out exemptions and, you know, it's like, the only way it could, you could have results is if somebody performs, right? And like over delivers. And then it's like, oh, they deserve it. But like the problem is, is like we all know what kind of game golf is. And sometimes it just, it, like you're not really in control of like, you know, how you play, how you perform, circumstances. And, you know, me understanding the complexity of the game, like, you know, it's all types of like knowledge and stuff that you need to be competitive at, at those higher stages that, you know, a lot of people don't have access to or like enough experience and reps uh, within. So I'm appreciative of the effort that, you know, golf is putting forth. But I worry that if they don't, you know, live up to the hype, that they're going to snatch all of this stuff back. And, it's you know, we're going to be back with nothing, you know. And so what I'm asking for is like just – kind of sustainability of the approach and continued support of the organizations. Like I think that the PGA and the PGA tour and the APGA tour, the advocates tour, like that partnership just needs to get stronger and stronger. And then they need to be creating sustainable opportunities through that partnership, not necessarily putting it on the backs of the players to say like, you know, Oh, it's your responsibility to make sure that this doesn't, you know, go to shit. It's like, man, like give, to give this organization that's been really like in a dog fight for the last nine years to like create these opportunities and get to this space, um, you know, give them the the space to like continually groom and like at, and, and promote players. You know what I mean? And I, that's why I think the, the focus needs to be. So if, though, if that partnership could stay strong, I think that that is sustainable. You know, that is very sustainable. But as far as all of the players that are getting opportunities, you know, I, you know, I definitely think that what, what Willie has a chance to do right now is like something that I'm super excited about. And I think that if he keeps getting reps, it's only a matter of time, like literally just a matter of time, uh, because I think he's ready. And for everybody else that's out there getting these looks, it's like I'm super appreciative of that. But I don't want them navigating these opportunities like I got to do this, that and the other. Like, no, nah, man, just play your game. Like this partnership is here is, and I think that there's all this comfort that's in that too, right? Like I, you know, I'm not ruining it for the next generation if I don't play my best this, this week. You know what I mean? It's like these opportunities are going to be here. It's not all on my shoulders. I don't think anybody needs to carry that, that burden. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in a dog fight, especially on the APGA side, just, you know, helping however I can to make sure that, you know, shedding the best on the tour and highlighting the players and, you know, the leadership and stuff like that. 
And uh, and I hope that they just keep you know maturing that relationship with the PGA Tour. That'll be that'll be great to see. And uh, is, are there any PGA guys that we uh, we don't know about yet that we should be keeping our eyes out for? APGA. Yeah. Or the yeah, like my boy Joe Hooks. Joe. Oh man, he is Joe Hooks, dog. Go follow my what boy a, Joe. What Hooks. a golf name, by the way, Joe Hooks. What a golf name, dog. What a golf name, and just like, bro, I swear, Joe. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly how old Joe is. He might be like twenty-five or something, but he like a a fifty-year-old in like demeanor, though. He just like super serious and polished. He like, bro, you. They're like you hang out with my dad, you feel like you hang out with my dad or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Joe Hood, somebody I really spent a lot of time with. I think he got a great game. Another dude named JP Thornton, uh, another just like super hungry, you know, like great ball striker. You know what I mean? Just a, a great player. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be spending more time around all those guys, and and I'll definitely be reporting back. You know what I mean? As far as uh, as far as who I think is kind of like ready and next up. Well, we uh, appreciate you coming on and talking to us, Roger. Uh, we appreciate everything. As someone who grew up with a lot of friends telling me how uncool golf was, uh, I really appreciate you making golf cool. Um, and I, I just think you're on to a lot of great things, man. If there's anything we can do at New Club to support, uh, where, where can our members find you? Where can folks uh, look you up at? No, I just I just spend all my time on Instagram, man. So like, yeah, just if you if you got an Instagram account, you find me on there. Just Roger underscore Steel, and uh, if you hit me in my DMs, you know, be prepared for like a response back and have some shit to say. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> all I ask. You know. Yeah. Now, is there a threshold though? I mean, I admire the response to DMs, but like, you know, you're growing those followers. Does it get just unmanageable for you uh, maybe you get an assistant yeah. at that time right well I, don't, I would like to like because it's just you never know who you're gonna meet and like i just i try to like read between the lines when people say certain things and so like i don't want to miss opportunities for like certain conversations and interest to meet interesting people and it's like you'd be like one connection away from helping somebody with something that they really want you know what i'm saying like I'm a software engineer. Like, oh, yo, I know this dude that has a startup that needs, like, I'm going to just connect y'all real quick. And so, like, what I do is just, like, I try to allocate, like, an hour and a half a day. And so far, that's been, like, fine. While I'll just sit down and just, like, go through, you know, DMs um, and just, like, you know, make sure I say something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, as long as it don't get much beyond that, you know, I, I don't have no problem, like, winding down the day and doing stuff like that. Well, you're you're a good you're a good man. Make sure you make time for your own golf game, though, right? A lot of eyes. Yeah, now. that's the goal. That's you the got, goal. You gotta yeah. you gotta work on it. Do you still have yeah, aspirations of playing? I didn't ask you that either. Are you still trying to get? You think you're gonna get back out there? Yeah, if I get rich enough, dog, I'm trying <laughs> to get these companies to cut these checks. You know what I mean? Free me up so I could be out there playing and practicing all the time. Man, I feel like we close. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah it looks close. It looks good. I don't know if you can tell, Roger, but you know, I'm kind of a physical specimen myself. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm yeah, kind of known, yeah. just like you, I'm known for the long ball. So yeah. uh, I, I feel you. I know where you're coming from here. The, the, the long head and the narrow shoulders give it away, dog. You look like you <laughs> beat the ball, dog. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sneaky. I'm like, dental, I'm like dental floss. I'm skinny but tough. You'll see. We'll get, we'll get a game this summer, <laughs> right? We'll get a game this summer. <laughs> 
was a good one, dog. <laughs> Roger, thanks, man. This was fun. Yeah, man, it was. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber, please do subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we're at New Club Golf. This episode was produced by Mark Caldwell with research assistance by Jim Sitar. The bag drop is supported by members of New Club Golf Society and our official partners. Golf Blueprint is the official partner of this year's spring meeting at Sweetens Cove. Started by fellow New Club members Kevin Moore and Nico Doris, Golf Blueprint creates research-driven improvement plans tailored to your game. If you are a member of New Club, you can sign up directly in the app for your exclusive Golf Blueprint membership. You will receive six Golf Blueprint practice plans delivered monthly at a 25% discount. If you are not a member of New Club, head over to golfblueprint.com and start your improvement plan today.